Welcome to Academic Conversations with Martin and Morgan. I'm Alicia. I'm Mary. We are sharing content that supports and empowers students, parents, and educators. Hi, Mary. We're back. Hi, Alicia. Yeah, it feels good to be doing a podcast again, doesn't it? It does. It's been such a long time, I feel like. Yeah. You were mentioning the other day that we haven't seen each other face-to-face, not on a screen face-to-face, but actually face-to-face in how many months? It's almost been a year. (laughs) A year in March. strange. Who could have told us that a year ago, that that would be the case? I would would have said, no, you're crazy. We'll be back in school in August. (laughs) Yeah, me too. No, not the case. But here we are, teaching online 100%. That has been a, a learning experience. It has been a huge learning experience. <laughs> we uh, we both went from, first of all, a different position in a different school last year to a new position in a new school this year. So not sure what we were thinking doing that, Alicia. Well, I, I think we thought everything would go would be the same, uh-huh. go back to normal, quote uh-huh. unquote, uh, <laughs> in August, and we would just, you know. Yeah. Start somewhere new and fresh. And yeah. We started somewhere new, but in the same non traditional instruction format. So mm-hmm. it, has, it has um, revitalized teaching in a way, I think. Mm-hmm. We definitely have to look at it from a different lens. That's, that's true. A lot of things have been um, exposed, I think, <laughs> and some obstacles especially that kids have been facing for a long time have become really clear with online instruction. And, um, you know, you and I both know people in our school, so that's helped a bit. We're not like in a completely brand new situation where we don't know anyone, but it's been hard. And I really can empathize with the parents who are saying, oh, my kid started middle school in this or you know, like my son who started high school last year, his spring semester was online and pretty much his whole sophomore year is going to be online. So kids who are changing levels and or new to a school in a school district, it's challenging. Yes, I, um, you know, I, I live in a different state, but, but work in, in the state that we work and my son goes to school where I live, of course, and He's had kind of a hybrid model, many changes since August for him. He's been there uh, in person full time. He's been in the hybrid where he's at school two days a week, at home three days a week. And then they have done uh, another model where he has been completely online. So keeping up with that schedule and my work schedule has been a challenge. So I, I empathize and sympathize with families out there, especially ones with multiple children trying to to keep up with our technology and the schedule. Right. I know has been a challenge. It has. I know, yes, I know that for sure. Because um, as I've mentioned many a time, I work with English learners and their families. And, you know, the, the, the challenges are even higher, I would say, for kids whose parents aren't fluent in the language of school, which is English for us. And also all kids who haven't had access to tablets and and uh, laptops at home because they either haven't had strong enough Wi-Fi or they just haven't had those, they just haven't been able to afford to have those devices. So for a lot of them, this is the first time and they all do have them now. They have, they all have devices and they all have internet, which is a huge feat, but then using it 
well is another thing. Um, well, and, and I also know that there have been concerns uh, from teachers, uh, from families and caregivers uh, regarding how much our students are learning online and what what can they do at home to kind of supplement the learning, if you will. And I, I know that uh, we, you and I have gotten a lot of questions and from parents about what to do and, and how to do that. So we've kind of made some, some changes ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right, um, Martin and Maury consulting about kind of strengthening our focus for families and parents, and, and to offer that that support. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of revamped our website a little bit to to do that. So we, if you go to martinandmoryconsulting dot com, uh, we have news topics um, and headings for families and caregivers, and underneath that, we have supporting your reader, supporting your writer. Mm-hmm. social emotional learning and um, how to advocate for your learner and I know that watching a video is probably the last thing <laughs> <laughs> many um, parents and families want to do right now but they're mm-hmm. they're very short and uh, we offer tips because we are parents first and we've been educators for a long time and we work uh, with elementary students and, and middle school students so there are some uh, materials on their support content and materials that, that maybe can help you. And, and as always, you can reach out to us and we would do some private consulting for you as well. Uh, we also have a tab, Resources for Readers, where you can find some free text and some links that can maybe re-engage your child in um, literacy that are free. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have that available to you. So I just wanted to share that. It really has caused us to, to switch our lens and, and strengthen our focus a little bit more to, to families have really been reaching out during this time. Yeah, I think that just looking at where the need is at this moment, the need is for kids to have the support they need at home because that's where their learning environment is. I mean, it's always at home. Parents are always the most important and first teachers for their kids, but they are, that's where they're doing their school learning. And I think that because of that, parents have seen and heard a lot of instruction that they normally wouldn't be privy to. They, they don't follow their child around at school all day long, seeing everything they do. And especially during those live lessons that teachers do, those synchronous lessons, parents are coming up with a lot of questions. They are wondering, you know, about how to help their kid with what they see and hear them doing on the computer. And also, I wanted to add that one of the reasons for this shift in focus, we've always had a focus on families and caregivers, but a shift towards strengthening that focus right now is seeing the families as much as I do now. And I know you've had that experience when you've maybe given kids an assessment or done some work with them on the computer. For me, every day when I'm working with students, I see into their living environment and I've come to know a lot of their siblings that I didn't know and speak to their parents often on the phone or on screen. So when the parents have a question, they just pop in. So knowing that and having that increased connection has revealed a lot of questions and honestly concerns too that parents have because 
Our focus is on literacy, as it has been. That's listening, speaking, reading, writing. Some kids are really struggling right now. They're struggling to develop literacy, especially at the earliest levels, with the computer as the, as the learning environment. And I know you've seen that as well. Yes. I think they, they're definitely missing, I think, the, the one-on-one connection with, with their teachers and definitely with, with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's hard on the virtual environment for kids to ask questions a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Whether they just don't feel comfortable, they can't hear one another. Like you're saying, their learning environment is not what they're used to. Mm-hmm. And especially with the, the younger ones, this is with kindergarten, this is some of their first experience with school. Yes. And that's been eye-opening, too. I should have mentioned them. I mentioned middle and high school. <laughs> I forgot to mention kindergarten. And, and so their first experience is online. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what what they can actually um, apply that, that they've learned. Um, yeah, and I would... When we together. Yeah, I would add too that some of the best questions I've heard have come from teachers who are also parents, you know, because their own kids are home. Um, You know, I'm an example. I'm an elementary certified teacher and I, you know, my son's in high school and some of the questions I've had about his work, you know, might be not as burning a question for a high school teacher who has a kid in high school. Some teachers who don't teach a certain grade level, but their kids are doing work at that level, have had some really good questions about supporting those kids, helping them, getting them through this time, and keeping them engaged and happy and, and still loving learning. You know, that's that's the main thing we want to make sure is that they're learning and that they're still enjoying it. Lots of questions from lots of people, lots of concerns about, uh, you know, outcomes. And you and I have talked about how we don't know the outcome of this educational um, period, right? Right. We don't... It's very new. It's very new. Yeah, and we don't know the, the effect it's going to have. So we can foresee that there will continue to be questions and there will continue to be a need to strengthen the family and caregiver and knowledge in the home environment for kids to really develop that literacy that we're so committed to seeing them develop. So, yeah, we've got a lot of thoughts and a lot of resources that are in development and some that we've already created. So we're looking forward to getting back out there and sharing those with everyone. Yeah. Mary, I think something that that we do know, though, being in education for so long, whether it's it's virtual or it's face-to-face, Mm-hmm. or hybrid, mm-hmm. there are those just skills that are essential, that are research-based, that are timeless, yes. um, that, <laughs> that readers and writers need. And so that is our passion. So mm-hmm. that is that is where our focus is, is, is to help families and caregivers make sure, and educators, to make sure that, you know, that every child has those skills. They know what they are and how to help them achieve those. Yes, I'm so glad you said that. Yes, because the needs of the reading brain don't change because you're doing it in a different environment and through a different platform. You still need to learn letters and sounds, (laughs) for example. You still have to learn those same foundations and helping 
parents, caregivers, whoever is there with the learner, helping empower them with some of that knowledge is hopefully going to really help the students. I think it will. Oh, yes. Yes, I definitely think so. Okay, so we have a lot in the works, and hopefully you will have a chance, listeners, to go and look at our website. A lot of new materials will be posted on the front page, and you'll be hearing from us. We'll be back soon with another topic. What's our next topic, Alicia? Our next topic is how much is too much help for your students? Right, because like I said... Uh huh. The parents are seeing and hearing everything. So, how much should you be helping? And that can carry over to when kids are face to face as well. It definitely does carry over because parents have wondered that. How much do I help my student with the work that's sent home? You know, during face to face instruction. So, we're going to start there and then carry on. So, it's good to be back. It is. Everybody hang in there. We'll all get through this together. Right. We will get through this together. And that's all for this time. And we'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye.